our second episode. A whole nother week of Rugby World Cup has passed us by. Um, welcome to Playing Advantage, the rugby podcast where four mates talk about everything SA Rugby without taking ourselves too seriously. And yes, Kev, that is an amazing tagline, like we've established. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Playing Advantage. Got it. Um, <laughs> with me as always, I have my three good mates, Damien. Hi there. Keegan, How's it? Kev, How's that? and myself, Marco. Um, yeah, guys, uh, on the agenda today for the podcast, we're going to look at our first impressions uh, of the SA versus the Namibia game. Uh, we're going to look at the past week's results, chat about the SA Namibia game a little bit more in detail, think about uh, or just mention who our players of the week are also plonkers of the week and then we get our get to our favorite section the reference um and we will be able we'll be able to look at last week's uh results or, or at least all the publications that have come out with world rugby saying the refs need to pick up the slack and then we'll look ahead to our next game and that is is that it's literally italy on thursday um but yeah guys first impressions First impression. Kev? Well, I, said, I said Keegan could start because I, I stole his first impression last time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Thank At you. least if we only have one first impression because Damien wanted to have two. I've got two again. Yeah, no, you got <laughs> So let me just put it this way I'm not impressed by the box performance today. Um, I think too many balls on the ground, uh, very sloppy, not clinical. Um, I think in these games you, you truly need to work on your game and focus on just a little bit harder. Uh, I think teams become a bit complacent against weaker, weaker sides and they show, well, they just tend to play quite poorly. I just think, consider, you know, playing against crappy teams like Boxburg and stuff like that. You, <laughs> you, you end up just beating them and you're all looking at yourselves thinking what the hell happened and honestly i think we should have put another 20 points on on the board um we were not great in my opinion and that's that yeah um i understand and i think that's my or leads into mine quite well um, my first impression is what is the value for the Springboks going forward of a performance like that i think that yes we put points on the board but as we were actually discussing earlier, you don't have your first choice in or your first choice players in really, really important positions. So your hooker, your nine, your ten. And you know, if you've got those guys sitting on the bench, you know, what value does it add going forward in a World Cup? I mean, yes, I suppose injuries are an issue. I mean, you don't want to get players injured, but it was a bit of a nothing exercise. Good points, good points. Do you want to go, Marco? Shall I go? Go for it, Kev. Um, Guys, I don't want to steal your first impression. I don't want to get accused of that. <laughs> well, I think um, for me, my first impression, I, I did want to just have a little mention on a positive note about the crowd. I thought that obviously we expect the attendance to be lacquer, but the guys all applauded the, uh, the crowd at the end of the game, which is lovely. You know, the guys come out. It wasn't exactly an exhibition of rugby, but um, it was nice to see the, uh, uh, the guys come out. And I think I'll leave it at that because... Um, it's been an intelligent crowd and I've been very happy with the way that it's mm-hmm. been organized uh, from all the way over here in South Africa from what I can see. Um, I'll leave it at that. I do have more to say about about our coaching and our formats and our gameplay, but we can we can get to it. Let's leave it positive on my first impression. <laughs> so is that was that a mention or was that your actual first impression? I've changed my mind, that was my entire first impression. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mr. Positive today. Okay, all right. Well that's gonna be difficult to be Mr. Positive. Um, I also just piggyback on that for a slight second. I think the atmosphere, the crowd has been absolutely fantastic. Um, people just coming out and supporting, really, really enjoying the, the rugby. And it's the one thing that I love is that they've kind of incorporated everybody else's uh, cultures within the game. So I'm sure everybody's noticed whenever we scored a try, they started playing some Mendoza. They started playing some uh, some Bobby Fun. That is the or, pinnacle of our culture. <laughs> but, but you see what I'm saying? They they they, they make it uh, an SA thing or a New Zealand thing. Whoever's playing, so which is quite cool. It's not just your home country's uh, music. Um, but I'm also going to be a bit more realistic about the actual game and why we watched it. Um, so two games in, I don't know what the plan is, guys. Um, 
I, I don't know what the, the structures look like. I know, yes, uh, we're going to kick because apparently Herschel also was instructed to kick today. And yes, we can dominate with the forwards, but I, I, I don't know what the plan is. There's, there's no backline moves. Um, and you would think this would be the perfect exercise, even if it is not your strongest backline, to uh, just to go execute and go have a bash. I thought the backline move today was give the ball to France Stain and didn't crash it up. <laughs> I, I, sure, that was the be best the case. Back line <laughs> yeah. But I, I'd be hoping that you know, with the talent that we have on the outside, uh, I thought that there would be a bit more trickery, a little bit more, you know, Oaks having a bash. But I don't know what the plan is. I, I can't tell you uh, how we are going to beat a top quality side. I, I just don't know. Um, Sorry, dude. Just... You just have to come to terms with it, like everybody else. <laughs> we we kicking the ball, dude. That's that's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Look, to be fair, we did just win the game by fifty-four points. So I mean, we had to have done something, right? I think that that we can't we can't need that. But um, to be fair, I think we did win by a fifty-four point margin. So I think we didn't do everything wrong. There were some positives, and we must also look at that. But. We also need to be realistic, so, so Marco has his so, hand up for so those of you that I, can't so, see. So I'd love to put my <laughs> hand up for that, because, yes, 54 <laughs> points sounds decent enough, but let's look at it holistically. They had seven professional players on the, on the uh, Namibia had seven professional players on the field today. Most people don't know that they had their second string team on the field. They had 16 part-time players on the field, okay? In 2007, we beat Namibia 105 to 13. In 2015, we beat, beat them 87 0. So, if we if we're supposed to have a World Cup winning squad here, we should have put on triple digits. But let's maybe, be honest. Maybe they've got a lot better. <laughs> maybe <laughs> they've improved. I disagree. <laughs> I think that when when you saw us with ball in hand, we looked a bit lost. Mm -hmm. um, Alton didn't really have a very good game. No, he was he was put. But let's discuss that yeah. uh, a little bit later on. Um, so results, Damien, can you take us through some of that? Um, yes, I can. So the Ireland Scotland game that we were watching during the last podcast finished twenty seven three to Ireland. Uh, England Tonga uh, ended up thirty five three to England. Wales Georgia was forty three fourteen Wales. Uh, Samoa beat Russia 34-9. Uruguay beat Fiji in a massive shock, 30 points to 27. Italy overcame Canada 47, I mean 48 points to 7. England beat the USA 45-7. Argentina this morning beat Tonga 28-12. And then the other big shock of the day, um, Japan home team. Massive win over Ireland, 19-12. Kevin's upset, <laughs> so is Keegan. Um, and then, obviously, South Africa beating Namibia 57 points to three. So I know we were hoping and praying for upsets last week. And I know we mentioned on the podcast. And uh, I don't think there was any chance that any of us would have put money on the two shockers that have come out this week. I think they were, uh, uh, Damien brought up a very interesting point that I'll let him uh, discuss about who the bigger, bigger shock oh, was, for, guys. For me, definitely the Uruguay. Overcoming Fiji, I think that's a, a bigger shock for me than Japan overcoming Ireland. Yeah, bro, I don't know if we said much about it last week, but Japan uh, is looking good this year. They're, they're here to play. Yeah, I think that's, I think you did bring it up, and I think that's a fantastic point. Uh, I, after that result, I think Japan might be good money to top that group. Oh, my word. And then meet us in the quarterfinals. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not unrealistic. It's, it's, they've got it's, a play, if they beat Scotland, it's, it's done. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good situation because then Japan, we can beat Japan, <laughs> and then well, Ireland might beat the All Blacks. We don't have to do any of the work. <laughs> no, Just I mean, a walk in the park. You, yeah. And and uh, fair enough, you've got to beat the best to be the best. So for the All Blacks, they they're going okay. Well, you know, we'll take well, we'll play anyone, try and beat anyone that's put in front of us. But they must be going. We, you know, after beating the Springboks, it gives us an easy route, and we don't hit Ireland. And now they're going. We probably play, we, there's a strong possibility we might actually play Ireland in the quarterfinals. Yeah. And Ireland have been good against the All Blacks lately. So, um, yeah, maybe losing to the All Blacks wasn't the worst thing that could have happened. 
Yeah, I think that's a the positive note. I mean, some guys have been speculating that that was the plan all along. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that's know a big how conspiracy. to. It is. It's a massive, massive call. No, no. It's just from there's some there's some old old rugby boys that have just been saying, oh no, we're planning this, and I think it's a, li- a little bit far fetched in my opinion. Fuck! Why don't you check a couple boxes? Lose <laughs> <laughs> us the game on purpose, mate. Uh, but I agree. I definitely think Uruguay. I mean, fantastic, fantastic result for them. Uh, I I was able to catch a glimpse of it at the office, and I watched the highlights afterwards. Um, I mean, really, uh, Fiji. I think they missed something like five kicks uh, at goal, uh, so they should have won that game. But well done to Uruguay for uh, pitching up and winning a game that nobody expected them to win. I think Fiji thought they were going to get five points from that um, because they needed it in order to have some type of chance. Um, but yeah, not only that. Apparently, it's it's Uruguay's first win ever against a tier one nation. I mean, at a World Cup, does it get any better? Yeah. Are we classifying PJ as tier one? Is that, that the, to be that fair? The was, no, that was the the after interview after match interview with the Uruguayan captain. <laughs> so you just claiming the first time we've ever <laughs> beaten a tier one nation. So fair enough, yeah. like. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's great for them. I think it's yeah. great for the rugby in general because these smaller nations coming through and getting these shock wins yeah. makes everyone go, Uruguay can play rugby, and that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so just you know, uh, merging onto the Japan Island game. <coughs> excuse me. I was able to catch the last bit of that game, and then I also watched the the extended highlights as well, and. I think somebody answered our prayers because for the first time ever, a ref called off sides. Yeah. Uh, first time ever, literally. Um, so they Japan, I think they had uh, three or four penalties uh, that they gold, and that's how they, they won the game by the seven point margin. Well, that and apparently, but one of the things I was following it, I wasn't able to watch it, but one of the stats that I saw was they had a lock that made 20 tackles and missed none in this like 67th minute. And he, they, would have, they had no more... Um, forwards on the bench so you had to play the whole game after making 20 tackles you know before 70 minutes which is crazy oh, good on so fantastic. I can say that I watched the whole game and I think the Japanese deserved that one oh yes 100% their their tackle count was impeccable I mean they were just making hits left right yeah. and centre and, and this is coming I was supporting Ireland you know I really wanted them to win um, but you've got to give credit where it's due and they were just fantastic I mean their hands, just the way that they throw that ball around, you can see there's a bit of a New Zealand influence. They're definitely, you know, their coaching staff with Tony Brown and all those boys, they're just, they're doing a great job. And I think um, they definitely want to watch it. Eh? And uh, it's, it's pretty rugby to watch, you know, yeah. you don't see them. And it's like the home fun. side. It's a home world yeah, cup in Japan. It it's it's always awesome to see the home side perform. And when it's, you need. it's the courage yeah. on attack. And they just to try that something. Exactly. As you said, the hands were amazing. The little backwards passes, it was incredible. And, mm. and it, kept it, it paid off for them. They kept yeah. on it. And they just beat the number two team in the world. I mean, that's... Well, not fun. anymore. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> but that is, that's huge. And I think... Spots, yeah. I think that the nice thing is that it was the first competitive rugby game that wasn't... That there was no... Oh, there was a, you know, maybe a questionable try. Or that the, the referee... The yeah, or there was a, a questionable call by the referee. It was a clean game. Nobody can say Japan did not deserve to win that. They won it fair and square. Yeah. And that's that's all you want uh, from a rugby game at the end of the day. So I think it's testament to the way both teams, both nations play rugby, actually. Yeah. Because, you know, this kind of fringe-pushing stuff is not an Irish tactic. Yes. And that's why we love watching Irish games no matter who they play. Yeah. yeah. Because they play lacquer rugby, you know? Yeah. And I mean, so the, the one, the, the, the try from Ringrose, that was a beautiful cross-kick. Yes. Oh. Uh, the hands on that Japan try, uh, yeah. oh, it's just beautiful, beautiful rugby. It's what you you pay money for that. Yeah, so it's, it's good stuff. Should we talk about the rugby that wasn't so beautiful? I've <laughs> <laughs> been skirting around the issue. Um, so yeah, Nam versus Nam Vietnam, South Africa. <laughs> um, guys, let's just start off with. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where to start off. Uh, what do we think about uh, the the overall game? Uh, it it wouldn't have surprised me if it was a wet and torrential uh, downpour if that was the scoreline. But the look conditions were perfect to me. Um, uh, yeah. Too many mistakes, but at the end of the day, you know, we we did the job. And it's, it, for me, the thing is, the pool's not going to come down to points difference. 
Sure. So we got we got our five points and we went. Okay, cool. This is this is it. I think when I did my prediction last week, I predicted a, a low score. Part of the reason I did that was because I believe in jinxes. But the, <laughs> the other reason I did that was you live your life. <laughs> That's also the reason I'm the bottom of the super group. <laughs> Me too, Cap. Don't worry. But the reason I, I said that is because I genuinely do feel at this stage it's World Cup rugby wins a win, and we have to be coming away from today stoked. We can have some beers, lacquer. Um, but the thing is, for me, and this is this is maybe the way to kick it off, I think that it was a complete waste of a game because of our B eighteen system. So now you've got guys who've got the guys who played against New Zealand, um, critical players 10, 15, 9, 9. <laughs> those those guys those guys didn't even play in this game. So now when we play our eighteen box, those guys aren't going to be coming off that win. It's going to mean absolutely nothing to them. And as Marco mentioned earlier, we didn't use the opportunity to practice any tactics mm-hmm. that we're not confident about, i.e. the box kick. Um, and we bombed we bombed them to death, and we played a territory game. And I can understand, like yes, this is not a time to to like mess about. Mm-hmm. But having said that, you don't have any of your players on the field. That, uh, that are actually part of your A-team. So what exactly is going on here? Is it just a side to play Mano sides? I mean, that's it. I think we lacked a, a clear, decisive game plan. I think we didn't go into that game going, this is the kind of rugby we're going to play. Um, this is, you know, we're going to take a lot of uh, ball of first phase or we're going to go wide often. Or It was just kind of scrappy and messy. And, you know, apparently all we tried to do was more. And that worked. But I mean, you, that's not. I mean, that's the way you beat Namibia. Yeah. Is you, is you you conquer the set pieces. Yeah, sure. and which we simple. did, and we did do that. And I think as a nation, a lot of us are kind of feeling it wasn't enough. Yeah. We didn't just want to win that game. We actually wanted to give like what we were hoping to see in our predictions as well last week. Some of the guys stand up who have been rooting for them, courses of the world, um, and. You know, the guys, I think a lot of guys had, had relatively good games. I thought Holland had a, had a nice game, aside from some critical mistakes that he made. But, I mean, that's the way the guy plays rugby. So. <laughs> There's no in-between. It's fantastic. we just absolute shit. He's a Kirby Bill of South Africa. <laughs> but I think we didn't get to scope enough, and that was the, that was the failure in my mind. I, I'm happy with the scoreline. I, I, I don't need it to be 90. I'm happy with it at 50. But let the guys play rugby, you know? I think... Uh, Sorry, Keith, you go. No, no, it's fine. I, I've been sitting here listening <laughs> to you guys all agreeing with you in some, some, you know, some point or another. But ultimately, I think um, Elton didn't really take charge of the game. Oh, but that was definitely um, my next oh, point. And I, <laughs> and I think uh, he, he, you know, I've been quietly rooting for the guy and I haven't been the most vocal. Kev, you've backed him yeah. since day one. I feel like we, I have to defend that guy. Yeah. Every you do, you do. <laughs> but ultimately, like, this is, this is where it com- what it comes down to is, like, if you can't take charge in these le- lesser games, no one's going to expect you to kind of just rock up at a bigger game. You, you know, when, when, you, when you are knocking the ball on and making poor decisions... Trying to change direction and then getting caught out by by a forward. It's what happened. He decided to go right, then had a brain fart and went left, got tackled. And I mean, it's, it's those small little things that are putting a, a little bit of doubt on the coach. And that's why he's not selecting you. But I mean, we, talk, we spoke about it last week, how he's such a confidence player. And the fact that we haven't been picking him on the bench, I think that's yep. exactly that. We, we haven't given him the... You know the confidence and the, the time to go and do what he needs to do and i think by that he needs almost more game time to get back to where he needs to be and you know in this game you know whether he plays well or not it shouldn't make a difference and as you can see he didn't play well and it didn't make much of a difference because we still won by a fair margin but at the same time you need to i still think he should be on our bench in our a side as a second option at 10. but then like you say after a performance like today you go uh, you know, is it viable? And like Cav, I'm, you know, I'll support the Oak. I, I really do like him as a rugby player, but I don't think he's. I think Cav said it earlier. He doesn't have the BMT. Mm. He doesn't step up when it's time to step up, and that's the, the big thing he's lacking. It seems. I'll disagree with you there because I know I've been one of Elton's critics in the past, and Cav has wanted to strangle me at various occasions, <laughs> especially during Super Rugby, when I bring up these points. But I think he does have BMT. Look at last year, Wellington where he came on 
uh, with 50 minutes to play where Pollard shifted out to inside center when Laconia arm hurt his shoulder. And he handled, he uh, really handled that game very well. He managed the game very well. So I do think he's got BMT. I think it comes down to confidence. And you could see he just was not in a rhythm. There wasn't, you know, um, that, co that, that confidence where he's willing to just swing it wide or, you know, the cross kick that's accurate. He, there wasn't that sparkle in the eyes, swagger, yeah. that swagger. And that's something that's so critical. And I mean, something that is really worrying me is I don't know if we've got a backup fly because Stain looked so old today. <laughs> he looked so slow today. And I mean, no I don't think. I mean, the, the, the guy clearly hasn't seen the adverts for Weight Watchers in the first place. Um, <laughs> oh my word. Uh, he was so lucky to ankle, or not, he didn't ankle tap this time, but he barely got like a flank running past him. He barely was able to make that tackle. I'm not going to talk to you about this now. He's my player of the week. Oh no, Kevin! <laughs> really? I couldn't. I couldn't interject. I think ultimately, you know, I was very concerned at our loose forward cover, but looking at France stand today, I think we sorted. <laughs> at, at loose forward, not yes, at loose okay. forward. Yeah, we and I mean, if we're looking for like for like replacement for Dan, and then we definitely got one. Yeah, he loves the ball. He was throwing the ball around. You know the difference Damien between France stand and Damien Dan is that France, France stand made had a lot of successful crash balls. Exactly. Against Namibia. And he got some boys away in the gap. The Oak did his job. You guys need to stop ragging on him. I don't have to sit here and take this. <laughs> I'm on your side, Kevin. He throws the ball around every now and then. He's a good player. He's got skills. Yes, he's fatter and slower. And it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> But the guy has got so much fierce, bro. He just jams rugby. And you can see his attitude is correct, bro. I, I don't know who looks older on the field. Skull Brits or Front Stein. Uh, honestly, I mean, <laughs> both of whom were contenders for man of the match today. It's, oh, my word. It's only Front Stein, Skull Brits has his scrum cap on. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe this is what we need. We need more old Springboks, bro. Let's see if we can pull some Oaks out of retirement. Yeah. Jim Bucky's <laughs> and, and, and Oaks, you stop doing ads, bro. We'll get them back on the field. Bunny strength is what makes the box, bro. You think we get Percy back? Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. what <laughs> 50 meter drop goals. Uh, but just on that, so I, I, am I the only one seeing this that I'm worried about fly off? If Pollard gets hurt, because he, yes, he didn't have a great game, but. I still think most of us back him because he's been a class flaw throughout this year. Can, 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 I, can I, I go back know. to what we were saying about Damien was talking about a point I made about BM, uh, BMT for Alton. Yeah. I actually wasn't referring to Alton's um, general player. I, was, I said he doesn't have BMT for his career um, because every single time he puts on that jersey, the Bok jersey, he's a different player. Mm -hmm. And you can actually see it. He's got a different haircut now. <laughs> and this, I think it encapsulates Alton's change of personality. He doesn't feel confident enough to throw it around. I think it's the system that he's a part of. But I don't know why I'm defending here. I'm literally, I'm at, I'm, I'm at loggerheads with myself here. He played well against Australia. Yeah, he, he really did. controlled that game well. He played, against, uh, played well against the All Blacks in Wellington. So I think it's there. I just don't think Look, we're backing him. I'd, like you said, I think it's also part of the system. He's not short on talent. We no. know that he's not short on talent. I mean, on his day, he's... He's definitely attacking ball, probably one of the best flowers in the world. Sure. But he looks like a, a souped up Scooby, but he needs to press the nitrous. I'm talking about Franz Stein now. <laughs> <laughs> no, Franz Stein's no, a bloody 70 series Land Cruiser with a turbo. No, so I think ultimately when we look at look at Alton and the, and the dilemma of his consistency is that I agree with you, Kev. I think it's the system that he's been injected into. But ultimately, it's not only the individual. I think as a team, as a collective, if there's not consistency across the board with each player that's playing, you know, you're not going to get everyone gelling. You're not going to get everyone working together as a team. And I think that's where the problem lies. It's a consistency across the board. And that's where Alton just doesn't feel confident. And the next player doesn't either. And I think no, that's, look, I, that's where I, I'm the, not, there's I'm no not having, I'm not having a big whinge about the Springbok system. We have done in the past, but that, at the end of the day, Alton needs to pick up his own socks and he needs to perform if he wants sure, to be sure, starting sure. 10. But, and he needs to do that. Nobody, nobody else can do that. So, I mean, it's just sad not to see him do that. Yes. Because he does there. have this incredible um, ability uh, for attacking rugby and to yeah. orchestrate that back on so well. We've seen him do it, you know. If only he could do it um, at will. Yes, know? 100%. But look, I mean, if we're being honest uh, here, he wasn't the only one who had a bit of a, a shocker, and we'll get to the plonk of the week a bit later, but 
we had about uh, I think the last count was 11 handling errors oh. 11 and there were so many instances where it was just basic knocks or guys ripping the ball out of their hands um, and it was just complete momentum killers we just we weren't sure um, you know what's we, it stop start game basically that's what it was yeah dude you know I thought I thought the game had moments of brilliance um, which we can feel positive about and then I thought it also had a lot of moments of real scrappy rugby where nobody was taking charge and it was horrible and a yeah. lot of the handling errors occurred in those periods of play yes definitely I think that it was definitely not our best performance and you know it was a bit of a hard graft but we could have been a lot better I think there were periods of the game where we didn't control it as well as we could have controlled it and especially against a side like that you even when you don't have the ball you should still be dominating the collisions and making sure your defensive patterns are good and I don't think we were that good at that today I just think that the, the key word here is clinical like there was yeah. none of that today you know when you're playing a, a side like that you need to be absolutely clinical because ultimately we all of us are sitting here we feel something missing it's just, I mean, we weren't that good you literally need to score in every position if we if we think about who we playing and the fact that there was a second string squad you need to almost score in every single position because it, it felt like the first 10 minutes we were on the on that line uh, of these it looked like under 13 rugby where guys were auditioning for uh uh because it was just selfish yeah, it's it's it literally everybody there was no passing and i understand mm-hmm. beast isn't gonna pass i get that I understand that uh, Bongi's not going to pass, but surely even the backline players, nobody wanted to pass. No, I think the first time it looked like we put more than five phases together was in the second half. We had a string in the second half. We actually decided to play rugby. Yeah. But it was very, very kind of one-dimensional and we had individual. Period, we had periods of very positive play, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of breaks down the line. We gave the ball to him. Of course, he had some stage. We gave the ball to Mapimpi. He didn't, like, he didn't stand up today and do a great job, but he did have one extreme moment of brilliance, which I know it was... Marco's gripe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for just because now. Of, because it'll keep his spots. But um, but there were periods of play where the hands were good and the, the abilities there and the talent is there. I mean, I know that uh, my boy Franz Stein <laughs> puts uh, put, uh, um, I'm away at one stage. Uh, brilliant, 60 meter break. But I mean that, I, and that's my thing. I think there were definitely moments like that, but there was no, you know building of phases and going through your game plan and, and especially in a, or playing a more tight game where you've got you know your systems in place i yeah. think it was very loose and all over the place and scrappy maybe that was just the nature of the game itself yeah look but i mean but that's exactly we asked the game to be scrappy because we kept bombing them mm-hmm. and so our defense is good and we did force mistakes um and we did capitalize on them but we did it to namibia <laughs> and uh, you know that's what i'm saying maybe we just have to accept this this is how springboks are going to play rugby the ball in the air and yeah. maybe yeah. we should stop getting upset about it. I don't know, why, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I should cry or laugh. Um, but I think that I, what we spoke about, not on the podcast, but when we kind of chatted about afterwards, the one thing that we were hoping for after this game is for guys to put up their hand, for guys to have an absolute blinder in order to put pressure on the first line players. And now all of a sudden, Rusty's thinking, you know what, that guy, he had a, he had a fantastic game. And, uh, you know, he, he deserves a shot because now after Italy, we've got uh, Canada after that and nothing's going to change after Italy. I'm sorry. It's, it's just not going to, unless somebody gets injured. But this was the game for somebody to put up their hand and force their way in and literally take Rossi by the shoulders and say, look at what I've just done. And nobody did that. There wasn't one single player who, you know, completely stood out head and shoulders above everybody else and for- forced. Enough to force, yeah. Exactly. The coach to, uh, to see something. Yeah, I think when we can chat a lot about uh, in player and poker of the week about the individual players, so I won't go into it. But I did think that um, one of the guys that did put pressure uh, by performing well versus the guys who didn't perform well in the All Black game was um, Bongi. Bongi performed yeah. well, put a bit of pressure on Marks because Marks uh, hasn't gone back up to his form. Yeah, um, I thought he was good. Fritz was good, and Stain was good in terms of but I mean in terms of talent like, come on Keith did you on. drag these two guys what's, what's going on here I don't no, understand no, no. Uh, uh, Mike's uh, cheese rolls were very good something special cheese rolls yeah. okay. but then let's get into that let's give Kev his opportunity his five minutes of fame right here to tell us why 
France Stein is going to lead us to World Cup glory. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. So the segment leading into it is Player of the Week. Player of the Week! I'll tell you exactly why I think France Stein was Player of the Week for me. And it's because the guy wasn't brought to the World Cup to be some kind of magic under the sheets man who's going to make a hobby <laughs> 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 as it is in the bag really with the zipper um, <laughs> that was never going to be Franstein's role in this World Cup Franstein was brought as a beer drinking buddy to, to get everybody's like head straight and tell these guys what it's like to win and make sure that the morale is up and when I saw him play today it was exactly that that's exactly who he was <laughs> He was the bully, he was looking a little bit worse for wear, um, fantastic, and he was in the game, the entire game, and he was looking for work, he was making tackles, he was making uh, crash balls, I know he made a few too many, but I didn't think he got great ball at all times, mm-hmm. um, and he did, he did pass the ball at, uh, at some critical stage and as well. Fantastic 40 meter support runs. Absolutely. I think they should have given him the ball for, for getting to the trial Because right. <laughs> he made it. He was, he was there for the pass, you know. It's just so that he can get more fines afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> scoring a try. So I think that's, that's how I feel, is that I never expected Franz Stein to be a stand-on player. And what he, what he did was real, really marshal that team for me today. Um, and I, I just love watching him play rugby, you know. I mean, it, it, was, it was fantastic. Yes, yeah, so, no, it was, definitely. So... My player of the week will be Achilles Neymar. Um, I think he played really well today. He was pretty solid. Um, just in terms of, I think that guy dreams, you know, every night he goes to sleep and he just cannot wait to offload the ball. <laughs> which I think is beautiful. I mean, for a South African lock to actually want to throw the ball around is beautiful. I mean, you know, to be that size and suck in two players every single time guaranteed don't know why we don't utilize it more. Um, I think that's pretty fantastic. And just his off, you know, his, his background work, cleaning cleaning out of the rucks, etc., etc., as he always does, is just, for me, it's work rate. I think that's important and how effective you are. So that's why he's my, he's my man. No, definitely. I think he was also right up there for me, along with uh, Lucania Am. I thought he was very good. I think I just started Marcus badly. <laughs> <laughs> I had him last week. I can't take him two weeks in a row. But yeah, I think the guy is probably the most underrated Springbok at the moment. I think he does fantastic work on and off the ball. Uh, his support lines are good. He, his defensive work's really good. And today, you know, he actually got a little bit of ball in space and it was magic because it's like the first time he's touched the ball. It's been so long since he's got a rugby ball in his hands <laughs> that he got, yeah, he actually did something with it. So that, yeah, it was fantastic to and see. And when Damien de did come back on, I saw he had a whole bunch of press stick on all his fingers. <laughs> so he was not ready to pass that ball back to him. Just to, just to throw in something here. So we spoke about Lukanya. I'm not getting the ball last week. And... You know, I, I think it is great that he got the ball. Um, and I saw an article by Rob, what's his name? Uh, Owen. Owen. Yeah. And uh, I think we need to get some copyright in there because he wrote the exact same thing. So <laughs> we did it a week early, mate. We're coming for you, Sport24. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, going off of what you're saying, Damien, imagine if that player of arms caliber gets the ball three times in a game. Just three. I mean, I honestly think he could beat Brian O'Driscoll um, just with his uh, creativity and his speed. Footwork. And his footwork as well. I honestly think he has the, the capability to play uh, to that level. But um, yeah, I can't have him two weeks in a row. So uh, just for that, are you saying a lot, a lot of skip 12 passes then, right? I think so. I would just <laughs> say take 12 off the field. <laughs> Let him go stand there. Like the, the big cutout. Yes, 100%. <laughs> just completely cut out. Um, I'm going to go with one of Kev's earlier suggestions. Uh, Bongi uh, played well for me. He has struggled with his lineouts before in the past. Um, there was a few that looked a little bit... Uh, <laughs> not, straight. not straight. Are you talking <laughs> about the one where he basically threw it into the, the front, the, the guy at the front of the, the front part, yeah. yeah. John, your goal line is not straight with the whistleblower. It was Vincent, Vincent Clark, eh? I don't know, but it hit him, he was standing was facing Bongi and it hit him on the right foot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Damien, come now. I'm trying to make him sound good here. Um, I honestly thought uh, he, he, he did well enough. I mean, I've always thought that guys who score tries off the back of a mall, it's, it's a bit of a glory... Uh, hog there they didn't really do all that much work yes you have to have some sort of vision but I've never really considered those quality tries 
So it's not the fact that he scored those two tries. For me, it's uh, his case, uh, sorry, his, his work in the tight and also in the tight loose. Um, he was everywhere where he was constantly getting involved, uh, whether it was uh, rucking over, whether he really wanted to um, just make the, the impact that was kind of lacking at times. Uh, didn't always feel like our, our loose forwards were getting involved in the, uh, in the dirty stuff. So that's why I'm going to pick uh, Bongi at, at the end of the day. Good pick. Yeah, yeah. I think it was solid. While I'm representing the old boys, can we make special mention for, um, what's his name, Scott Brits, playing at eight today? Uh, I thought he did a fantastic job. Yeah, he was solid. He, he had some of the best hands I've seen him exhibit for a long time. Yeah. And he was uh, stuck into the attack. Yeah. He, got, he definitely got involved, made a lot of um, attacking opportunities and yeah, even though it was weird to see him scrum because he doesn't have to bend down to like join the scrum. Um, I think that, yeah, he did a, did a really solid job. I loved his, I loved his post-match interview. Uh, yes. When, uh, when they said, hey, how are you doing? He said, oh no, I'm really tired. So I think <laughs> that's testament to how difficult it was for him. And then ended it with, have a lovely weekend, basically. What did he say? Something to make a comment about how he just wanted to go get hammered off of the game you could see it in the interview <laughs> that's it he's gonna go get a, a lot of sucky in his body <laughs> i think there was also a an official statistic saying that that was the most amount of times that one person has been hurt in one game because i think he was literally taking how many injury breaks i think i counted maybe like 10 or something like that it was <laughs> ridiculous uh no it's it's the cough this time gotcha but what yeah, happens I, when you get old? <laughs> I think he also did a bit of, bit of did a bit of an acting, acting job. And the guy shouldered him, but yes, it was off the ball, deserved a yellow. But I think he also put in a Leo DiCaprio. Uh, what are you talking about, Drew? That shoulder healed magically because Scott <laughs> needed to play. <laughs> okay, guys, let's uh, move from the good, not to the bad, but to the ugly, uh, to our next segment, Plonker of the week. So, uh, Danes, I'm going to give you first go on this, and uh, you definitely can't mention Elton, because that, that was the easy target, <laughs> so uh, we, we can't have him just being berated the entire podcast. Fair enough, because he was going to be number one on my list, but um, <laughs> yeah, I was, maybe not Plunk of the Week, but very disappointed with uh, Clark Smith. I think that I have massively high standards for him being a Lions fan, and he hasn't performed to those levels in the Springbok jersey. I thought this might be the game where he really does stand up and do it, and he really didn't. That being said, I think he was played out of position a bit today. Um, Why was he on the blind side? 100%. Why is he playing on that side of the scrum? When you have Francois Lowe on the other side of the scrum, it makes no sense in my brain. Kwaku is the fastest forward in that pack easily. He's probably the fastest guy on the team, almost. He's probably pretty close. I don't know about two other players who have been. Yeah, fit is definitely. I think, uh, yeah, I think just adding to that, I think it, I don't understand. You'd rather put Francois Lowe at blindside, put Quacha at open side. It just it blows my mind. I thought maybe it was like a like a make a wish thing. Francois <laughs> <laughs> Lowe. I thought they figured you're playing Namibia and his dream has always been to play open side, yeah. and he's not getting any faster. So well, on that note, I think it must have definitely been that because we had Skull Brits at eight, literally as captain as well. So <laughs> enough, he must have went over to Rashi like, listen, mate, if that guy's going to be able to play, then we'll <laughs> play open side. I guess in making all these dreams come true, the man who suffered was quite eh? Yeah. yeah. What are we going to see next? Bloody Skull Brits at fly half against Canada or what? Maybe. Uh, yeah. Kids, Maybe who, who's your plonker of the week? My pimpy. Uh, just Ooh. you know, he scored tries. He scored a brilliant try. Yeah, he scored an okay try. I think. <laughs> Thank you, Keegan. Thank you for being reasonable because these two, I don't know anymore. I think uh, I've lost them. And I can tell you right now, he actually botched two tries. He did. And and that for me is, as an individual, he kind of screwed our chances for getting more points on the board. And yeah, and my super pick. And it was, uh, it was, it was ultimately, you know, shifting in the first five minutes, he had a two on one and he decided to run straight at the guy. Yeah. And that for me is just, it's, it's sizzle. His decision making, his decision making in all the games has been very bad. He cuts in at the wrong time 
Um, on defense, not, not on just defense, not just on defense, yeah. even with no, the ball. Yeah. Yes, that's the real thing. Yeah, and then I don't know if you remember that hospital pass he gave to Elton. Oh yeah. I mean, he had about four <laughs> days to make that pass, made it late, and then Elton just got absolutely smoked. To the other guys' credit, it was a great tackle. It was a great tackle. Easy but tackle. I mean, well, tackle. Well, yeah, well yeah, time. Yeah, well yeah, time. Yeah, just. Yeah. I think he's. A, I think he's a good player, and he's a strong player, and he's a strong runner. And you know, often he will. So you get about Corsia. Also, of course, yeah. Obviously, that's it. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about Mbappé, but uh, I think his problem is his decision making at the moment. It's just not up to standard, and uh, he's he's losing a lot of uh, a lot of points opportunities because of that. And as the wing, you need to you need to be the finisher, and you you only have a split second. Jesus, can I say that again? You only have a split <laughs> second to make those decisions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So who's your plonker of the week then? <laughs> Oh, I forgot. Let me let me give you two seconds to think then. And I just I, I was just joking, I do have a podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I would never come to a podcast unprepared. <laughs> I thought I was gonna be a good mate, but okay, go for it. my plunker was uh, Vincent Koch. Um, for okay, one simple cool. reason is uh, in the first half we started off dominating in the scrums and then we stopped. Uh, yes, it's not just his fault, um, but in general, I thought if we're going to pick out somebody in the front row, I thought we could have used that as a much better platform uh, to actually score tries, uh, the scrum, I mean, and just picking somebody out in the front row, I thought he did the least. Okay, fair enough. Right. Good stuff. So, I'm going to go a little bit of a different route here. I'm going to make a prediction, but in Plonk of the Week, if that makes sense. So I'm not going to... It doesn't make sense. No, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like, like, what's going I'm, on here? <laughs> so, I don't even think it's anybody on the field. I'm going to predict that this week's Plonk of the Week will be Rassi Erasmus' decision-making process of selecting his next team for Italy. Because he will still be playing Faf. He will still be playing Vili. Because I honestly think Colby is our better option there at the moment. But most importantly... Hedging off what Keek said, he will still pick Mampimpi. The guy is just so limited. Um, he can't step. Um, he, he runs straight into guys and he only has pace to finish. He doesn't add any other value. So, unfortunately, I'm not trying to be a pessimist here. But that's going to be my plonk of the week. We're going to make some, some poor selection decisions. And we're not going to pick our best team. And we're going to experience more of the same against Italy on Thursday. Well, we've said it before. We've said, we'll say it again. Is that Rassi's made all these decisions for every single game prior to actually watching the game. Rassi's sitting in the box having a Game of Thrones binge. But <laughs> 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 well, I mean, you saw it he's, today. He's, he's phoned them all in. Stolperitz was down injured. And so he made the Bonambi sub to bring on Mostad to play flank. So Brits could go to hooker, but Brit was down injured. So, like we said, is he Thank actually God, Brits was able to rally. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't so bad. A superhuman strength, hundred yeah. percent. Okay, all right. Now that we got uh, all that negativity out of our our psyche, just kidding, because we come to our favorite parts of this podcast. Yay. But of the reference, um, so sorry. Do we know the Frenchman's uh, name that uh, actually ref this game? He's French. <laughs> the Frenchman, yeah. So, um, look, I, before we get onto uh, this specific uh, ref for our game, the fact that World Rugby had a conference call, I'm not sure if you guys read about this, they had a conference call and a meeting with all of the referees for the World Cup, and they said, guys, pull up your effing socks. They literally came out, and this is something that Bull Rugby does not do, period. They came out and they admitted that the officiating is not up to scratch. Um, so I don't know what that says. So what are we supposed to think going into every single game? And luckily, like we said, the Japan Island game was fantastically ref. It was a great game. But at what stage can we like just put that out of our minds that that's not going to impact the game? Because I don't know. The fact that World Rugby's come out and said... We need to start looking at the refereeing. That's that's not great news for us. No, I, I want to say something here. I think I, I looked at a stat that was that was quite perplexing. Is that ultimately yes, the French refs have a higher representation more than any other nation in in the World Cup, and ultimately, yet probability says that you're far more likely to have more cards being pulled. However, 
it's completely disproportionate to any other any other referee. I mean, I think they they are a little bit too quick and a little bit too overzealous on pulling out cards. A um, also for the completely wrong reason, they tend to be killing games in, in some regard. And, and as South Africans, we know this. It's a little bit too close for home. I think, um, mm. i.e., Bismarck Duplessis on Dan Carter. That for me just blows my mind. So I think that's a little bit of a scary thing. Um, and I just I'd really dislike the way the referees officiate games, um, particularly the French ones, and they, yeah, they, they blow my mind. I can't I can't believe that they still have jobs. <laughs> um, can I take it that way? Is that they have been right. one or two very decent refereeing performances? I think that sure you I think it was Keegan that that brought up the Yucca Paper game where you know made the big calls but didn't change the face of the game didn't give cards when he, he possibly could have, but at the end of the day, made it, kept it a fair contest while still keeping it you know, competitive. Um, so I think on the other hand, it's not all the refs, it's just you know, when they do make a blunder, it seems they really, really, really get it wrong. Mm. But there are refs out there doing a decent job, so I think that that's the other side of it. Yes, the minority, 100%. <laughs> well, maybe, I'm but it's, 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 I think it's also a very, very hard job to do. Yes, I think sure. fair enough you've got all the technology in the world, but I think you do you cop a lot of flack. So so something that I've seen is world rugby has been changing the rules for for the over the past 10 years now trying to create flow within the game, trying to speed up the game. But what you're seeing now particularly with and I will say it again with the French referees they tend to slow the game down way too much. They don't play advantage the right way. They cut the game incorrectly. And I think watching Yaku paper today, and I don't want to sound biased being a South African, and um, what I've seen is the Southern Hemisphere refs let the game flow. They let the game go. And I think that ultimately is, it makes more for a rugby spectacle. It makes it more enjoyable. I don't know if too much to say on the ref topic. Maybe can I tell a short story? Sometimes wrong podcasts. Last World Cup, we watched uh, the Bryce Lawrence game, the, the one against Australia that... Um, 2011. Sorry, two ago. ago. Yeah. Last World Cup was there Craig Yubek. That was two, yeah, yeah, two ago. Scott, the, Bryce, the Bryce Lawrence incident um, where he single-handedly uh, lost us that game. And one of our more overzealous friends invited me to go to Bryce Lawrence's Facebook page so that I could private message a death threat to him, um, which I duly did. Uh, until I got to, to Bryce Lawrence's page and I saw him with his... 95 friends, very proud of a fish that he just caught. And I thought, you know what, this guy's a human. I need to leave this guy alone. And sadly, um, so far in this World Cup, I'm itching to get back on my keyboard. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you something, these guys are very lucky that I cannot type French names into my keyboard. Because <laughs> they forget in death threats. I, I thought that was really going to go the other way. I thought that was going to be positive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, thing, the thing is, it's the World Cup and we've talked about how high the stakes are. And, yeah. and yes, the, the refs need to do a better job. Uh, unfortunately, they do. So, I mean, if we just kind of bring it back to the ref we had today. Luckily, I mean, I think that was his first game uh, that he's ever blown for us. Inconsistent, but I think that's what we expect uh, from a French ref. Uh, the advantages that he played were sometimes mind-boggling. Let's admit the fact that he didn't check TMO for forward pass that Yankees gave through to Mumpimpi. That was, I mean, 100% a forward pass. Mumpimpi overran that. It's his fault. It's all <laughs> um, what are you talking about? That was a fantastic try. That my people <laughs> no, he overran that. I think what we're all just looking for is consistency. So if they're going to consistently not blow offsides, then let everybody play by the same rules. But let's just get a fair shake. Uh, not us, but every single rugby game, because you're taking away from the spectacle. You're taking away from fantastic athletes who want to perform, who want to put on a great show. Uh, for, for all the spectators there and uh, on the TV screen. So, yeah, let's. I don't know who's refing our, our next game, uh, but I'm hoping it can't be another Frenchie. Surely there's no way now. <laughs> Impossible. I mean, our luck cannot be that shit. But, anyways. No, 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 no. So, everyone's saying, wow, we've got an easy walkthrough. No, watch, we're just going to get every single French ref. <laughs> yeah, talk about easy walkthrough, the pool stage is bullshit. <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, I'm glad we got that out of the system. We can move on with our weekend. Um, predictions, guys. We, Danes, you said we're playing Italy on Thursday. I think it might be Friday. Be Thursday or Friday? It's the Friday the 4th. Friday, so Friday's the 4th. at 11.45. Okay, all right. Mm. Drunk at work. <laughs> <laughs> um, thoughts, guys, predictions about what we'll be saying is going to happen. Um, well, excuse me. For me, you know, it's going to be one of those. If we don't, if we can't win that, we're not going to win a World Cup. So, you know, I, I'm going to say South Africa by twenty at least. I'm going to say South Africa by forty. Uh, I think socks socks are going to be pulled up uh, for the next game. I'm going to say we put fifty on them this time. So we can barely put on fifty against Namibia. <laughs> okay. I have a feeling. Man. Okay, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad, Kev. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you are. Optimistic. Kev, we're not doing so well in the Super Brew, man. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not. Listen, if you guys don't want my opinion, you don't have to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is not a sexist comment at all, but I just want to th- <laughs> throw, throw a shout out there to my sister, who is above every single one of you in That's the Super Brew. True. So, uh, well done, uh, Monia. Well done. Is she even in the country? No, she's in the UK. So uh, she's probably not watching anything at the uh, moment. She's watching everything. Okay. Trust uh, me, she's good. my sister, mate. I <laughs> don't see it. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm yeah. Glad. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, I think there's still plenty of rugby that we can look forward to. I know the big game tomorrow is Wales uh, versus Australia. Um, it should be a goodie. Um, I think that is probably going to be the, the winner. Uh, it's going to be the, the, the pool number one seed that uh, gets out of there. Um, but yeah, I think there's been some quality rugby, some 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 beautiful tries, and I I really hope there's a couple more upsets. That'd be fantastic, just to keep everybody on their toes, because it's I think in the past you could kind of pick and choose what games you wanted to watch, but now if there's more and more upsets, you're almost more well, keen to to watch all of them. Looking at it, the especially the smaller games or games between two smaller sides that you wouldn't necessarily watch in the past have been some of the best games of the World Cup. Mm. I mean, that opening game between J- uh, Japan and Russia was fantastic. Obviously, Uruguay, Fiji, really good game of rugby. Yeah. And I mean, that's what you like to see. If the guys that are there... I just must watch the games. Yeah. Yeah. I must worry about working. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 100%. Uh, this, it's a six-week commitment. It's okay. Everybody understands that. Once every four years. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, always lovely seeing uh, your faces. And uh, to our listeners, uh, thanks for... Uh, signing in and uh, giving us uh, a bit of a listen as well again doing all the social media things uh, we are on f- twitter at playing adv so playing advantage uh, give us a, a follow there uh, and you'll be able to get all of our links uh, to our youtube uh, channel which is playing advantage and also our podcast uh, channel on castbox also called playing advantage uh, you can find all of our episodes on there Please join in the banter. Uh, we'll even give you, a, give you a mention if you put a useful comment in there. Uh, but yeah, but please feel free to like. Don't put in a useless one. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you won't get in. Hundred percent. You might get shamed though. <laughs> Any attention is good attention. That's what they'll tell you in the media business. Uh, but yeah, guys, until uh, next week. Uh, much love and uh, chat. Yep. Thanks, Thanks, guys. guys. Cheers. 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 Cheers.